It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Red Sea Podcast, part of the Over the Monster Network. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Hosted by Jake Devereaux. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. And featuring Keaton DeRocher. It's a grand slam. I'm telling you. Welcome back to episode number 198 of the Red Seat Podcast. Uh, this is Matt Collins speaking right now. I am your host today, um, and I'm going to be joined by Shelly in just a minute. But before we do that, just have a quick message from our friends over at Fifth Element. Uh, Fifth Element is an ultra-high milligram CD- CBD product focused on relief and recovery after a workout. Uh, we are still in January as we speak, so some of us are still pretending like we're going to keep our New Year's resolutions all year still going, so we're still going to the gym, and uh, this CBD product is designed for that. It's designed for people with an active lifestyle, anywhere from weekend warriors to professional athletes and everything in between. Uh, 5E is a full-spectrum, high-milligram hemp to help you whenever and wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or just a long day at work. You can get yours today by visiting 5ehemp.com. If you use the code MONSTER, you get 50% off. That is half off. So you go to 5ehemp.com. That is 5, the number 5, E, the letter E, hemp, E, H-E-M-P, 
hemp.com, 5ehemp.com. Use the code MONSTER at checkout and you get 50% off. All right. Shelly, how you doing today? Um, I, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, we're out of 2020, so it's got to be better, right? Well, right? those sure. are the famous last words. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're early enough in 2021 where you can still kind of pretend that's the case. Exactly. Uh, as far as the Red Sox go, still not a ton of excitement going. Uh, last week when it was Keaton and I, uh, we talked about Andrew Benintendi trade possibilities. I had kind of assumed that something would happen on that front by the time this podcast came around. Nothing has happened there, uh, but the Red Sox have made a couple of other moves, somewhat less exciting news. Uh, the first one, bigger one, is that they brought back Martin Perez. Martin Perez, that deal is not official yet as we speak. We are speaking uh, Monday evening. We're recording this, so deal's not official yet, but it's all but done. Uh, Martin Perez will be back. It is a one-year deal, base salary of $4.5 million. Uh, with the $500,000 buyout for a team option next year, it's effectively a $5 million deal for one year uh, with that team option for the second year. So just kind of start off broad. What are your thoughts here? Excited, disappointed, uh, neutral, underwhelmed, overwhelmed? Uh, I'm whelmed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I was just kind of hoping that the Red Sox would honestly maybe do something more. This has nothing to do with Martin Perez. I think that he is like a really good guy. Like he seems like a really good clubhouse guy and stuff like that. He's an okay pitcher, like a good number four, number five type of guy. I was just maybe hoping for someone different. Um, I just, I just, when I saw this come over by my Twitter feed, I'm just like, I just sighed. I was like, okay, I guess that's where we are right now. Yeah, I think I guess was like the first words that pretty much every Red Sox fan said. Like at this point, it's just like, whatever, I guess why not? Um, it definitely didn't help that it came like a day or maybe less than a day after the Yankees had signed Corey Kluber, who I think a lot of us thought was a likely Red Sox guy. It seemed like he was like the big target that the Red Sox actually might get. Uh, so having him go to the Yankees and then immediately having the Red Sox be like, oh, we got Martin Perez back. It's like, all right, cool. And like you said, I yeah. mean, I think I think it's pretty clear that he he liked being in the organization. I think the organization liked having him. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's another one of these deals. It's the same thing with Hunter Renfro and with Matt Andreese. They make sense if there are bigger moves coming with it and there's still time for that. But I mean, you can only say that for so long. Spring training starts <laughs> in like a month. Like, at some point, something else has to happen. So, um, I mean, like you said, I think, I think Martin Perez is probably fine as like a number five. I think... That's probably what you're hoping for from Nick Pavetta, too, though, which is unfortunate that you have two guys that are probably fine as a number five. That's not that's not how you want to draw it up. But um, I think if they as long as Martin Perez isn't the best starting pitcher they bring in, I think I could be fine with it. I'm fine plugging him in the back. Um, He's not so much an innings eater he's never thrown 200 innings but he's relatively durable he takes the ball every five days he'll give you like 180 innings over like 30 starts or whatever um they probably will be a little worse than league average but it is what it is um the issue is if he's 
year number three or number four. Then he has some major problems, which we saw last year. But um, I guess I, I guess you still kind of just have to hold out hope that they're bringing somebody else in. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, there's still some, I guess, sort of kind of some interesting uh, free agents out there. Maybe like a joke, a joke, a Jake Odorizzi, maybe a Garrett Richards type. But yeah, I don't know. Martin Perez kind of reminds me of just like plain oatmeal where it's just like, it's a, it's okay. It'll do, but it's like, um, I would really like some like peanut butter or, or chocolate chips in that oatmeal, but I, I guess it's okay. Yeah. And I, I think part of it, it doesn't help that he was part of last year's pitching staff. I mean, I think everybody <laughs> yeah. kind of just wants to move on from that, um, which isn't totally fair to him because he was, I think his success has been a little overrated just because it's being compared to like the rest of the pitching staff at the end of the day he really wasn't that great he was just like not terrible uh which was the bar that we were clearing last year and he definitely (laughs) cleared that and there was some small sample in there he had a couple of really bad outings that skewed his number numbers big time but i mean i think ultimately his true talent is like a league average at best guy which again you can live with but yeah i mean i think you were kind of alluding to it the starting pitching market was weak to begin with, and it's we're getting deep into it now where there's not a whole lot of names that are great. You mentioned Odorizzi. I think he's probably the top guy outside of Bauer right now that people would want. Um, Tanaka is still out there, but it seems like he there's a pretty decent chance he's going to go back to Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be fine with James Paxton, depending on the contract, with obviously injury issues there. And then after those guys, you're really looking at, like... Richards, who you mentioned, who's a walking injury risk. Chris Archer, who's 32, and he's been like a guy with potential for the last decade who's never made good on it. Rick Porcello, we know Rick Porcello is. Jose Quintana is basically the left-handed version of Rick Porcello. Um, It's just... There's there's not... It seems like it was Kluber or Bust, for me at least, just in terms of like the combination between talent and cost of contract, and now that he's gone, I'm just kind of underwhelmed by all the options left. Yep, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I had the same feelings uh, about when I saw that Kluber was going back to the, going to the Yankees. I'm just like, I just like just wanted to have some papers just to throw in the air, you know, just be like, uh, yeah. I'm just <laughs> yeah, like, forget I, this. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> especially going to the Yankees. If he had gone to like the yes. Diamondbacks or whatever, like it would have been fine. But the fact that he's with the Yankees and... Yeah. I was a little annoyed by, like, everybody kind of being like, oh, well, his trainer was there, Eric Cressy, or whatever that guy's name was there, so it was, like, a foregone conclusion that he was going to New York. It's like, well, nobody said that until he signed. I don't remember reading a single story saying that. So I don't know how much the Red Sox offered. I'm sure that definitely played a part of it, but it's just, yeah, it's just disappointing. And, I mean, I guess going back to Martin Perez... Are there other guys who you would have rather had at that price, at that sort of back end, that back end starter? Because I did think the Red Sox needed to add two guys. So I guess if Perez is the second guy, I can live with it. Was there anybody else sort of in that lower tier that you were looking at that you would have rather had? Um, not, not. Not really. I mean, I actually, I don't mind the contract. Like, I think it's a one year, 4.5. Like, that's, that's pretty, pretty reasonable. So I, I'm, 
I'm fine with it. It was just, just like you said, just it was just after the Kluber news. It's just kind of like, ugh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm looking at, um, or I was looking at Fangraph's projected contracts, which obviously is not a perfect science. This is like crowdsourced predictions, but they do a decent job of kind of outlining different tiers in the market. And around that $5 million price, they're really... There really wasn't anybody I guess I would have rather had. Maybe Matt Shoemaker, but I don't know that there's that big of a difference. Um, the only guy I probably would have been really pushing for would be Anthony Disclafani, who got $6 million. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know how much of his decision comes down to, I want to rebuild my value, and there's really no better park to do that than San Francisco. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's nothing the Red Sox can do about that. So yeah, I mean, I think, I think like you were saying, this... Any sort of disappointment around Martin Perez probably has less to do with Perez himself and more to do just with the circumstances um, and just sort of the order of operations. Um, But I guess I'll ask, do you think they're going to bring in another pitcher that is clearly better than Martin Perez? So, I mean, I'm not talking about like a Matt Shoemaker or Brett Anderson or anything like one of the guys we were talking about before. Um, I guess if, you think Jake Odorizzi is better than Martin Perez? Sure, but I I I, so. I, I don't know, and I think that he I, I saw kind of like some tweets and reports and stuff that he wants like three years, three or four years, something like that, and I don't know if the Red Sox really want to go that route. Um, outside of that, I really don't see anyone better than Martin Perez. I mean, other than Bauer, but I don't want them to sign Bauer, so. I think Tanaka's pretty clearly better. Um, okay. but I don't think he's very realistic. Um, I think I've, I like James Paxton. The injury stuff definitely worries me. I don't know that the Red Sox are going to want to go there. Yeah. I think you make a good point about Odorizzi. Cause I, I mean, I think, I, I don't think there's any question he's better than Perez, but when you get into the contract and if he's worth that contract, uh, back to the fan graphs predictions, they predicted 339. I don't think that's outrageous, but I also don't know that I'm like tripping over myself to give that to Jake Odorizzi. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of just in that spot where it's okay, do I want to give out a contract that might not be great, or do I just want to run it back with like a terrible rotation again? And they've kind of that's the downside of being so patient on the market yeah. is that one day you just wake up and all the other options are gone. Yeah. So I guess if I had to make a guess, I think they will sign. I think they're going to sign Odorizzi. Um, it just seems like that's the only option they have left. I don't love it. Um, I'm less confident than I was before that they're going to sign another starting pitcher. I had believed that they signing two is pretty much inevitable, but some of the talk coming out after the Perez signing was saying like they may still target another pitcher or they're open to targeting another that sort of wording doesn't make me feel confident but at the end of the day i just i can't really see them not adding at least one more solid guy yeah i i i I totally agree um and speaking of some of those other guys out there um these are sort of lower tier free agents in the martin perez range uh, the Red Sox are reportedly going to go watch uh, Julio Tehran and Anibal, Anibal Sanchez uh, throw. So 
thoughts on those guys, and are they better than Nick Pavetta, who is with Perez in the back of this rotation right now? <laughs> um, maybe Tehe Ron. Like I've I've kind of been like a a fan since he was with the Braves, but I don't know. I just think that they it just really does seem like the 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 team is just like kind of set here and maybe if they can get Tehran or Sanchez for kind of cheap they'll go for it but I think they're just going to see what we got with Pavetta here which really scares me. Yeah, I think they've kind of painted themselves in a corner with Pavetta. I don't think they really have a choice. Yeah. Um and that's not a great way to make decisions. I mean, there's a whole sunk cost fallacy, but I think they traded for him, and Seapold was obviously the bigger get in that deal, but Pavetta was part of it. He looked good enough at the end of last year that I think you have to, like, it would just be weird to give up on him after that. Not that I think you should be making major decisions off two or three game samples, but just he's out of options. You might as well just see what he has. Um and as for these guys, I mean, I've always liked Sanchez. He's had a weird, weird career where a couple of years ago in 2018, 2019, he was like legitimately good again. And then he was really bad last year. And if he would take like a minor league deal with an invite to camp, I would go for that. But I mean, that's really, I, I really don't want to give a major league guarantee to either of these guys because it means that they're the second starter at it and they're probably worse than martin Perez. yeah um, yeah so it's just yeah i think i think you're right i think they just have to see what they have in pavetta i'm not super confident that it's going to be anything to write home about but um you you gotta see what you have yeah in other red sox pitching news uh chris sale is sort of the Shadow looming over everything with the Red Sox this year. Nobody really knows when he's going to be back, um, what he's going to look like when he comes back, um, how much of his rehab is going to be done in the minors versus the majors. Uh, Buster only reported that the Red Sox are going to be cautious uh, with his rehab. I don't, there's not a ton of specifics there. I don't particularly know what that means. When are you, when are you sort of just, broadly thinking he'll be back just within like a month or so um let's see so he had it in march i i'm thinking early july kind of thing um so i guess like kind of sort of halfway through the season if it starts on time um yeah but when i like clicked on the the article it like it didn't give any details he just said sources and i'm like that's not saying anything like he actually talked more about noah Syndergaard than like Chris Sale, which I thought was like, I'm like, okay, this with this clickbait, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just like, Chris Sale, like, I just see, he's like, I just don't see him being okay with taking the cautious route. He just seems like he wants the the type just to go and get back on the mound. Yeah, I think you're right. I feel bad for whoever's job it's going to be to try and rein him in um because i can't imagine that's gonna be easy um but at the same time i mean just judging by what the red sox have done so far this offseason and just short sort of the vibe i'm getting around the organization it really doesn't feel like they're going for it this year i think they 
I mean, I don't think they're tearing it down or anything, but I think they're looking at more of 2022. Mm-hmm. So I had I had been thinking that sale could be back as early as like the first or second week of June. Um, I would now probably guess that it'll be like the All Star break, like middle of July. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if they like come out of the gate hot and they win like 20 games in April or something like that, they might speed it up. But I really don't see that happening, and I think it's more likely that the opposite would happen. And then at that point, it's like just make sure he's ready for 2022 and maybe get him like a couple of months work in the majors. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. I mean, sales, sales going to have something to say about that. So, I mean, that's, it's definitely going to be an interesting storyline to watch this year. Definitely. So part of the reason the Martin Perez move wasn't made official, it was first reported Saturday and then kind of nothing happened for a couple of days. Uh, Red Sox had to clear a 40-man spot. Um, the fact that it was taking a couple days made it likely a trade was coming to do it. That's exactly what happened. Um, it wasn't necessarily a big trade. It wasn't the Benintendi trade we were waiting for. But uh, CJ Chatham was traded to the Phillies on Monday uh, for a player to be named later or cash. Uh, basically just a fancy designating for assignment. Um, sending him to the Phillies, where Dave Dombrowski is, of course, leading the front office. Dombrowski was leading the Red Sox front office when they drafted Chatham in uh, 2016. So, I guess we'll start... I mean, this makes sense, right? Chatham was yeah. going to be gone at some point. Yeah, I, I just um, just kind of like looking at the, the, the prospects and who, you know, was on the 40-man and all that stuff. Like... It, it, I just don't think that uh, Chatham really was going to fit with the Red Sox. I mean, they didn't call him up last year, um, especially when they needed, like, second base help. So after that fiasco at second base last year, I'm just like, yeah, I just don't think that he's just really in the Red Sox plans. So I was not surprised to see this trade. Yeah, it seemed seemed inevitable that this was coming at some point. Um, I was surprised last year at how seemingly like actively they were avoiding using him i mean they used everybody who had even looked at the second base position got a chance playing there and he never even it never even felt like he was considered i mean i try to read between the lines with a lot of the beat writers tweets and columns and that's usually a good gauge for what the organization is thinking. And Chatham was never even really mentioned as an option. I think he was part of like the taxi squad for one road trip and that was it. So mm-hmm. I've always kind of liked Chatham the player. I still think he can be a solid bench player in this league, but it was just it was just clear the Red Sox. It was never gonna happen with the Red Sox. I mean, they have even if they don't sign a veteran at second base, which I mean they should, but even if they don't they still have Michael Chavis, Christian Arroyo, Yairo Munoz, um, Jonathan Arauz. I think I think they like Chad De La Guerra better than CJ Chatham at this point. Uh, yeah. Jeter Downs isn't going to be ready to start the year, but as soon as like the middle of the season, he could be a guy. So I mean, Chatham was just he was never going to get a chance in Boston. Yeah, I, I yeah, I totally agree. And I wish him well in Philly. I, I the the Philly system is kind of not that great, so. I I he I hope that he gets some time, major league time. Yeah, I mean, I think I've always, I always wanted him to draw more walks. That was what was sort of holding him back 
to me from being like a second division starter. I know a lot of people pointed to the power, but that was just never going to come. That's not who he is as a player. But if he could like draw walks at like a 9% rate, um, he's like a 300 hitter. He can carve out a role for like five, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully the Phillies are able to get that out of him. I'm not necessarily banking on the Phillies developing prospects that hasn't really been their mo in recent years but um he should at least have an easier path yeah and the other part of this that sort of sparked up after this trade sort of weirdly to me but it was sort of inevitable i guess uh dustin pedroia talk came up uh pedroia is of course still on the 40 man he hasn't played in a few years uh, but his contract still going this is his final year of that contract a lot of people have assumed that they were going to do something early in the offseason to get him off the 40-man. That hasn't happened. It's led to decisions like this one with Chatham, um, potentially more down the road if they keep him on there. Uh, so a lot of people are sort of upset with the Red Sox, upset with Pedroia that this is still going on. Uh, Pete Abraham of The Globe did ask about this. Uh, his tweet from Monday said, did some checking. Pedroia is not planning a comeback, and a resolution could come this month. Given Dustin's status, they'll want to do this correctly. Also fair to say they haven't dropped anybody off the 40-man they saw as having an impact. Um, so yeah, I mean, the whole Dustin Pedroia conversation kind of makes me angry. I just... it's People mad at him, first of all, need to get a grip. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, totally. After every, like, there's probably not more than like 10 players in Red Sox history and that might even be too many that are more important to like the franchise than Pedroia has been I mean part of three World Series championship teams a key part of two of them Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously won an MVP rookie of the year everybody knows the accolades the best defensive second baseman that's ever lived Uh, so the idea that he owes anybody anything is crazy Um, and also I think it's weird to get mad at the Red Sox for not just like cutting him like, this isn't, we, we're not living in a video game. Like, you have to treat these people, especially somebody as important as Pedroia, with, like, some human decency. So, I, I don't know your thoughts on this, but anytime it comes up, it usually just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I totally feel the same way as you. Uh, I was kind of thinking that if the season was going to be normal and there would be fans, like, he would retire and just get, like, some... You know, just go on the field for like one inning or something to get like some fan uh, fans to say, you know, goodbye and he could say goodbye kind of thing. Uh, But I don't like seeing like on Twitter where people are like, why don't you just cut him and all this stuff? It's like, this is Dustin Pedroia, you guys just stop it. It's it's not that big of a deal. Let let, you know, let Petey figure out how he wants to do this. Like, seriously. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, and I mean, it's a complicated situation. The Red Sox. I, to their credit, they seem to be treating it with the care that it deserves. I mean, there's there's big money on the table here that both sides need to figure out how to work that out. Um, Pedroia needs to figure out what he's doing next in his life after playing, whether that's staying with the Red Sox in some form, um, going on his own way, sort of maybe doing the Veritech thing where he starts off with a small role and that rule gets bigger. I mean, who knows that this is what they're all figuring out. And I mean, honestly, I said that I like Chatham. I like Davy Grillon. Those guys, you can like the, it is not worth alienating Dustin Pedroia to keep CJ Chatham. It just, it just isn't 100%. Um, and I mean, speaking of the post career, I don't know if you've ever given any thought to Pedroia, what he's going to do after he plays, I don't think he's going to do this, but I would love to see him in the booth. Um, I feel like he would be a lot of fun, especially next to Eckersley. They would probably get in trouble for language issues, but um, <laughs> I, I would love to see him go in that direction. Again, I have no idea if that's something he'd be interested in. That's a, that's a big commitment. Um, yeah. So he probably wouldn't want to do that, but that would be sort of my dream role for him. Oh, that would be awesome. I That would just be glorious. I would love to see it. And I mean, Nesson does these, especially with Remy, obviously having his health issues. They do like the guest announcer yeah. things like Johnny Gomes calls games every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So even if you start off like that, um, but we'll see. We'll have we'll have plenty of Dustin Pedroia talk. Um, like I said, Pete Abe said that a resolution could come at some point this month. So we'll, we'll have that covered when it does happen. Uh, but for now, just... Get a grip with your Dustin Pedroia complaints. Just take it down a notch. There's other things happening in this world. Yeah. All right. So the last thing I wanted to talk about before we got on to the listener questions uh, was to do a little bit of uh, prospect stuff. Uh, So at Over the Monster every year at the website, uh, we do our community prospect rankings where uh, readers and writers uh, vote for every spot on the top 20 in the organization, we start at one um, and twice a week, we put a new player on the list until we get through 20. Uh, so that's going to start this week. Uh, today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, when it comes out, um, will be the first day of voting. And so I figured with that and with Baseball America releasing their top 100 list on Monday, um, it would be a good time to sort of do a little bit of prospect talk. So uh, I guess we could start with those with that top 100 prospects list. The Red Sox actually had three players on the list, which was a little surprising to me. Uh, Tristan Casas at 47, Jeter Downs at 71, and Bobby Dahlbeck at 90. Um, were you as surprised as I was to see Dahlbeck on there? Uh, yeah, I was very surprised to see Dahlbeck on there. Um, I guess because he's you know, projected to be the starting first baseman. I guess that's why he got there, but it's still surprising that he made it uh, to number 90. Yeah, it seems, I mean, you certainly have a better um, pulse on 
league-wide prospects than I did. Um, I know that Baseball America has been higher on Bobby Dahlbeck for a while. That's uh, both on their team list, which is put together by Alex Spear, but also Dahlbeck was on their mid-season top 100 last year too, which kind of surprised me. Um, So I guess they just really like the power. I'm not a big Bobby Dahlbeck guy. I certainly don't see him as a top 100 type prospect, but I mean, it's... I think it says something, at least, about the system that they have three guys on this list. Not necessarily an elite name, but they're not where they were five years ago. But they're, I mean, it was just like two years ago they had nobody on the list. So to have three now is at least a step in the right direction. Yeah, totally. Um, and, uh, I mean, I love uh, Cassis and, and, and Downs. And, um, I mean, I know that you're a big Jaren Duran fan just as much as I am. Um, so yeah, I mean, this, this system has really turned around the last couple of years and, um, I, I do think that they have like some other interesting guys as well. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this system has totally changed. Yeah, I think it's, I think they're still missing the most important thing, which is yeah. top tier elite top 25 ish type prospects. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of weird with Casas. I don't really know how to frame him in that thinking because I think offensively, I think he can be that guy. Like, I think Freddie Freeman, not that I'm saying Casas is going to be Freddie Freeman, but Freddie Freeman is a guy that obviously anybody looks at as one of the handful of best players in baseball. Um, and so you can be that guy with Casas. I'm just I'm curious if you would talking about elite top level prospects, can you put Casas in that class? I'm really puzzled about how where I would put him in that conversation. Yeah, um I honestly I I would. Um I mean because he finished what 2019 in high A and he spent all of you know, this summer at the alt site. And I mean, I've heard really, 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 really good reports. And that's probably like the best pitching that he's seen. I mean, I know that the Red Sox AAA and kind of, you know, rotation, you know, down on the alt site. It was not really that great. It's not that good, but it's probably still the best pitching that he's ever seen. And he performed really well. So that gives me hope that... Even if he didn't really play in games, he saw good pitching. So if he starts at the season at double A and kills it, which I do think that he will, I think that he could be upper tier prospects. Yeah, I think he definitely I think he definitely has that potential. I guess it's just his margin of error is just smaller than it would be had he played shortstop or center field obviously he could oh for sure yeah fall back a little bit on that defense so i think that's probably why i would hesitate to put him there right now um i would i could probably change my mind if he got off to a really hot start at double a or whatever this year um but i mean i think he's right on the cusp but i mean just back to my point i don't i think that it's so important to have those kind of blue chip guys those are the guys that you're counting on the when you're getting to the back end of the top 100 you're not really talking about the slam dunk prospects you're talking about good ones who could be very good Um, so i think the red sox still definitely have work to do there they obviously have the number four overall pick this year uh, which would help 
Uh, Nick York, uh, Blaze Jordan, those guys could rise, but I don't really see them getting to that level. Uh, but I do think the Red Sox, where they don't have that top-level talent, I think they are extremely loaded in, like, B-minus prospects. Mm-hmm. So the guys like Duran, like Brian Mata, um, I would put Bobby Dahlbeck in that group. I would probably put Tanner Houck in that group. Connor Seabold, um, Gilberto Jimenez. I mean, there's a lot of guys that sort of would probably be in like that 150 to 200 ish range on a national level. Um, and they have those kind of guys all over the system too. So they have some like Dahlbeck in the majors. They have some like Duran who could be in the majors in 2021 and make a real impact by 2022. And then they have the guys like Jimenez, who I think is probably the favorite in the system to have like a big breakout and maybe get to that top 100 level, top 50 level. So I think they're doing a good job of building that depth. It's just a matter of now waiting for some of that depth to break out in a way. I mean, not that anybody's going to turn into spooky bets, but sort of in that fashion where they just all of a sudden make that leap. Right. Yep. Agreed. Um, so I want to talk a little bit more about the farm system here. Who we don't have to go through all of the names, but who of people that we haven't really talked about much yet, who do you see helping in twenty twenty one? Just a couple of names. Um in twenty twenty one. Um I guess uh, I mean I guess I mean we kinda talked about Duran. I do think maybe he could get there. Um uh, obviously Tanner Halk, Bobby Dahlbeck, um, I really don't know outside of that. Like it, it's it's like I with the prospects, I think that we're kind of like maybe about two years away before we get like a big influx. Yeah, I think I mean I think we should see Mata and Seabold hopefully at some point this year. Okay. Um Seabold I think could be earlier. Mata would probably be later. Yeah. yeah. Um Casas, Keaton wrote about this earlier in the week. I could see Casas coming up at the end of the year. Um, I would probably put the chances pretty low, probably like 25-ish percent. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Down's a little bit higher than that. Um, I think my... I've been thinking a lot about it today, really. And I think I'm going to be... I'm going to lean very hard into Darvin Feltman being a comeback player Ooh. this year. I think I was really excited about him last year. Um, I think it was really easy to write him off after uh, 2019. He was mm-hmm. just terrible in Portland. Um, I saw him in action. It was not pretty. His command was all over the place. Uh, but it was also his first full season as a pro. Um, he's a Texas kid living in Maine. It's not an easy adjustment. Um, I was excited to see what he did as sort of a comeback, probably starting last season in Portland, obviously. Didn't get to pitch at all. The Red Sox were very crowded in the alternate site with not good pitchers, but pitchers that had a chance to pitch in the majors, so Feltman couldn't work his way there. Um, So I'm excited to see. I wouldn't be terribly, terribly surprised if he was in the bullpen by the end of the year. That's fair, yeah. And um, um, I saw like on uh, uh, SoxProspects.com, that you know his velocity was back up um in fall instructs um so yeah that's that that's a good name that's a good name 
Um, yeah, and I mean, I think the the command is probably more important than the velocity, but I mean, it's still sure. It's still nice to see that. Um, so looking sort of outside of the top, wherever you want to draw the line. I mean, I think there's a top 15 to 20, just sort of those guys that are always sort of included in that group. Outside of those, who is sort of a sleeper prospect in your mind in the system? Um, looking through this, um, hmm. Edward Brizardo, <laughs> um, I guess, uh, I, I do think that he could probably, um, maybe do some things to the bullpen. Um, I like Ryan Zephyrjohn a bit as well. Um, Zephyrjohn yeah. is interesting. Um, I wonder how long they're going to keep him in the rotation or mm-hmm. as a starter. Um, so I, I would assume he'll definitely get a chance to start this year. Um, but I wonder if he's struggling in like July or August, the season, minor league season is probably going to get pushed back this year. But um, like if he's getting pushed, if he's getting struggle, if he's struggling halfway through the season, I wouldn't hate seeing him in the bullpen and kind of fast tracking him. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that's probably where he ultimately ends up, but I do like Zephyrjohn. Just that stuff is really impressive. Yeah, definitely. Um, another guy I really like is uh, Brian Bayo. Mm-hmm. Um, he sort of had a really weird career. I mean, he hasn't been around a long time, but he made his debut in 2018. Just lit the DSL on fire. Um, and then 2019... He had a terrible first month in Greenville, and then he was lights out for like three months, and then he was terrible again to end the year. So, I mean, I think there's obviously some consistency issues, but that was also really his first time spending an extended amount of time in the States. Um, He was another guy I was really interested in seeing last year who obviously didn't get to pitch. So I think among, like, outside of the top 20, Bayo is probably my guy that I could see getting into the top 10 by this time next year. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm mostly just excited to get minor league baseball hopefully back this year. Oh, um, yes. Definitely. I miss it. And um, like I was saying before, so right now the idea on the table, nothing is set in stone yet, but um, they are right now planning on having triple a start on time and then double a and the two full season aval levels um starting a month back um trying to avoid crowding at spring training so they would go to camp uh once the major league season starts um and then those seasons would run may to october um again that could all totally change i'm still not entirely sure how minor league baseball is going to work without fans um but I I hope they figure it out. Yeah, same. All right. So let's get to some listener questions before we finish this one off. Uh, we start off with Zod. Uh, Zod asks, uh, he says, Many Sox fans and outlets are still projecting four to five more free agent or trade acquisitions. Uh, where do those 40-man spots come from? So who is still on the chopping block? 
And I think we can probably say Pedroia is one of them based on that report. Definitely. Uh, anybody else come immediately to mind? Um, uh, maybe Marcus Wilson. Um, kind of. I don't know how you feel about Marcus Wilson, and it kind of depends on who they sign. Um, maybe Hudson Potts as well. Um, those those guys. Um, Potts would surprise me. Um, okay. Wilson, I could see. Wilson, I kind of had in that Johan Ibar, CJ Chatham yeah. sort of category where you could probably trade him for either a player to be named later or some like 23-year-old rookie ball kid or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think Wilson's a little bit harder to part ways with just because they don't have a ton of outfield depth at AAA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine they can find that in free agency. To sign them to like minor league deals, um, yeah. I think Joel P- Piamps, um, who they claimed off waivers a few months ago, he's always kind of seems like a guy that they could turn around and DFA again and try and keep him in the organization off of the roster. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him. And then, and then I think you're looking at Jeffrey Springs, Austin Bryce, Chris Mazza. Uh, Marcus Walden. Um, I mean, I think I can make a case for keeping all of those guys, but if you need space, you're not all. You're, I don't think you're really crying over losing them. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I think also, I mean, there's Andrew, the Andrew Benatendi trade rumors. Um, I would assume they would probably get a major leaguer back for that. It doesn't. That would seem to be the plan to hopefully get like a pitcher back or something like that. Uh, but that could close us. That could open up a space, especially if you include like a Michael Chavis there. Um, so I would think there's probably one, at least one trade coming, and then you're looking at like the Wilsons and Springs and those yeah. kind of guys. Yeah. All right, Ivan L. Apex. Oh, this was this is a doozy of a deal. Um, he has a three-team deal proposal. So the Reds get Christian Vasquez, Jeter Downs. Andrew Benintendi and Thad Ward. The Cubs get Jay Groom and Gilberto Jimenez. And the Red Sox get Luis Castellanos. Or, sorry, Luis Castillo, <laughs> Nick Castellanos, and Wilson Contreras. And he says, who says no? The Cubs. <laughs> yeah, the Cubs say no. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I kind of think everybody says no. Yes. Um, <laughs> I definitely think the Reds say no. I think yeah. the Reds hang up in a second. They were asking for Glaber Torres from the Yankees for Luis Castillo. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think the Red Sox have a Glaber Torres unless they're trading uh, Rafael Devers, which they're not. Yeah. I kind of thought the Cubs maybe get the best of this, but I guess, I guess it comes down to how motivated they are by payroll. Yeah. Um, because I think that would be the only reason they do it, which seems to be their only motivation right now. Um, but yeah, I think, I think probably all three say no. Maybe the Red Sox. The Red Sox probably don't say no. Although they're giving up a lot of yeah. prospects. Yeah. But Luis Castillo is really good. Yeah. Um, yes, he is. I would probably do that if I was the Red Sox, but I wouldn't be surprised if they actually said no. Yeah, agreed. All right. Uh, Angel Rondon, uh, Wants to know just a couple of bullpen arms still out there that you would like to see the Red Sox pick up. Um, 
I don't really know who's out there, so I'm pulling up the free agent stuff. So I'll let you go first while I look. Uh, uh, Brad Hand has always been my number one um, on the market. I think Brad Hand is just, he's good every year. Um, people love talking about the volatility of relievers, but then don't ever want the guy who's just always good, which has never made sense to me. Uh, so Brad Hand, I think, is a big one. Kirby Yates, um, I think, would be an interesting reclamation project. Um, and then sort of down lower in the market, I mentioned him in a column a couple weeks ago, but uh, Carl Edwards Jr. is sort of a guy on a minor league deal I think would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those are definitely good names. Um, Trevor Rosenthal was pretty good last year. Um, I know he has command issues, um, but that velocity is super nice, so that should that could possibly be interesting. Um, I've always had a soft spot for Sergio Romo and that slider. Um, you could probably I love get Sergio him. Romo. Yeah, so you could probably. I mean, he's like thirty eight, so you could probably get him for if he still wants to play uh, for maybe a little cheap. So those are two guys that I think would be really interesting. Yeah, Romo is like a really good um, clubhouse guy too. Like yeah, everybody, everybody who's played with him absolutely loves the guy. So I would, I would be stoked about that. Yeah. Um, also from Angel Rondon, um, asking if the Red Sox should pick up Victor Arano. Um, he was DFA'd to make room for CJ Chatham. Um, I would just say. That's probably not going to happen because they would have just taken him back in the trade. Exactly, yeah. So there's really no point. Um, I remember Arano from a couple of years ago being a, guy, a name to like keep in mind. I think this is when I was doing like closer stuff for the fantasy team at VP. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say I've kept up with his career, so I don't really know if it would be a good idea. But um, yeah, just... Like I said, it, if they wanted him, they could have gotten him in the trade, so I wouldn't really count on it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Sox Junkie. It's a question for Jake, who's not in the show, uh, but we'll make fun of Jake. It's uh, <laughs> asking if Jake could still talk himself into believing Rick Porcello is valuable. Um, but more seriously, uh, if Rick Porcello is a candidate to come back on a minor league deal. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we could sign him for a minor league deal, that'd be awesome. I mean, I know that he, uh, Rick Porcello, pretty Ricky, has not been so pretty recently. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't mind if he came back on a minor league deal for sure. I don't think anybody, I, I don't think he's getting him. I, I think he's getting a major league deal. Agreed. Uh, I would be very surprised. And I don't think I would want him back on a major league deal. Um, I think he was a little better than his results said last year, but. He's he's an innings eater who takes the ball every five days. And if the Red Sox hadn't signed Martin Perez, I would have been fine with Rick Porcello in that sort of role. Mm-hmm. But they don't need another one of those guys. They need somebody with a little more upside than Rick Porcello. Yeah. Uh, Ivan Alapex, another question from Ivan, uh, says, if the price for Springer drops to five for 100, uh, would you do it and give up the second round pick um can i just get jbj instead <laughs> <laughs> um i mean i like springer um i just i i would just rather have jba jbj probably for less years and less money so 
Yeah, I think I think I would too, but I would I would think long and hard about it. Um especially if you're trading Ben Intendi. Mm-hmm. Um at that point I think you could maybe also sign JVJ. Not that I think they would um make both of those moves. I think that would be very surprising. But theoretically you could put Springer in left and have Springer Bradley and Verdugo all of a sudden your outfield is looking dynamite. Yeah. Um my biggest concern about Springer has been having to move him off center field probably within the next year or two. But at five for a hundred I think I would. That bat plays anywhere in the corner. For sure. Um giving up the second round pick hurts, which is why I don't think they would do it. And why I'm sort of on the fence, but I think gun to my head, I would probably do it. Yeah. Do you think Springer or Ozuna gets more money in years? I guess that's two different questions, but... Uh, I would say Springer to both. Okay. Um, I think part of it is... Well, I, I think Springer is just a flat-out better player. Um, okay. But also not having a clear picture on the DH in the National League is just so brutal for Ozuna's market. That's true, yeah. And they're really not showing any sign of figuring that out anytime soon. That's so annoying. Like, how how can we please just get the rules of the game? It's, it's crazy. I mean, Ozuna, Brantley, Nelson Cruz. Um, I mean, there's so many people. And not to mention, I mean, it's not even only DH-only players that are affected. I mean... Pretty much any position player's market is going to grow if everybody has a DH yep. versus not. And yeah, it's it's extremely annoying that that hasn't been figured out yet. Yeah. All right, then the last question is from Jim uh, Gramas. Um, Jim, this one, hits ho- this one hits home to me. Uh, Jim is upset that Nessun doesn't have a standalone app. I am also upset that Nessun doesn't have a standalone app. Um, this is not something Shelly has to wor- worry about because she's not in New England. I am, and I had YouTube TV. YouTube TV got rid of Nessun. I figured I could just watch Nessun Go using my parents' cable login. Nessun, I hope you're not reading this because I'm pretty sure, or listening to this because I'm pretty sure that would be illegal. Um, but it turns out they don't have an app anyway, so I couldn't do that. I would have to watch on my laptop, which is just not tenable. Um, so basically, I had to sign up for cable today for the first time in like three years, and I've been frustrated about it all day. Um, so yes, Nessun should have a standalone app, um, and also... YouTube TV shouldn't have taken Wayne Nesson. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I mean, I live I live in Virginia, and we have we also have YouTube TV, and I think that they took away uh, Masson away from us. Um, so that's annoying. Yeah, they um, did like a whole purge of like all these local sports stations, yeah. which is crazy because when they first came out, they like advertised themselves as like the sports fans alternative exactly it's so lame it is not great that we have so much of our lives dictated by google and spectrum up here i don't know what you have for cable i used to have comcast i don't like any of these companies yeah uh yeah i think we have comcast around here um yuck it's not fun no (laughs) All right, so that's going to do it for our show today. Uh, We definitely hope you enjoyed it. If you did, 
Uh, please subscribe to wherever you listen or on wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, please tell your friends. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Do whatever you can to help us grow. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. I run the Over the Monster account at Over the Monster. Shelly is at ShellyV underscore 643. And you can read all of our writing at OverTheMonster.com. Uh, like I said earlier, we are getting started with our prospect voting uh, today. So go check out that out. Check out everything else we are doing. And uh, until next time. Thanks, guys.